0: Hello and welcome back to Icing the Ticker, WSOU Sports' number one fantasy football podcast. On today's episode, we've got a great one for you. We're going to be doing the first mock draft of the year between us here at WSOU Sports. We're going to talk a little bit about the preseason and, you know, training camp. Things are getting into full swing and it's going to be a real exciting episode. My name's Joe Matthews and I'm joined alongside an outstanding panel of Jory Mickens and Louis Pasquale. And before we get into, you know, the real meat of today's episode,
1: got to ask you guys, how's it going? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on a fantasy football podcast. Um, We have a fantastic episode in store. I'm really excited to get it underway. So I'm ready to go.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Louie. The preseason has begun, so I'm excited to talk about some of that. And then, you know, as we move later into the episode, do a mock draft,
0: that's going to be a lot of fun, so... Just happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be a great one. And as Jory said, we're going to save that mock draft for for just a little later into the episode because we're going to kick this off, uh, no pun intended, by starting and talking about the preseason, which is now fully underway in the NFL. And kind of, there's not much of a concrete question I want to ask, but more of sort of an open discussion here between us all, which is just... With everything that's been going on, you know, a lot of teams have had some games already. There's obviously every year in training camp and preseason. There's the guys who you know really get a lot of buzz around them and start to improve their stock, be it just in you know terms of NFL and regular football, but especially in terms of fantasy football. So for this next five or ten minutes, we'll just kind of go around and I'll start with you here, Jory. Who's just someone that you think has really shined in the preseason so far and really helped their fantasy stock? Well, to be honest, it it was kind of difficult to find players who stood out,
2: you know, during week one of the preseason because there's so few starters actually playing at the moment. Um, You know, a lot of a lot of teams are not willing to to showcase much of their playbook because they they obviously, you know, they don't want to they don't want to give it away before the regular season starts. But that being said, if there if I had to pick one player, I would say wide receiver Corey Davis for the New York Jets. Um, you know, he signed a three-year uh thirty-seven point five million dollar contract with the team this offseason after spending four years with the Tennessee Titans. But I think the biggest reason as to why I believe in in Davis is because during their first preseason game against the Giants, he was heavily targeted by rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. In less than a quarter, because I'm pretty sure he he played less than a quarter in that game. He had four targets from the rookie quarterback and he definitely looked like his number one option on a lot of their on a lot of their plays Uh, I mean he's a former top five pick he's six foot three he's 210 pounds so you know he was drafted to be great on top of the fact that he had just simply has the physical makeup to be a number one receiver as well so you know that combined with the the rapport that he's building with the, the franchise quarterback or potential franchise quarterback is is really good. Um, and, you know, he's going later in rounds so far. You know, his draft stock is not very high right now. He's, he's a late 10th round, uh, early 11th round player. So, you know, you're taking a shot on a guy that has, you know, wide receiver two or three upside. And, you know, if everything breaks right for him, I would definitely imagine Davis outperforms his, his draft position this year.
1: I think it's funny you said that, Jory, because I have really two players I want to highlight. And one of them is that franchise quarterback, that face of the franchise, Zach Wilson, that was drafted at number two overall. Now, to me personally, I think he's overhyped. But as a Jets fan, I'm praying to God that he does well. Please bring us out of being a horrible franchise. I beg you, Zach Wilson. Now, in terms of fantasy, I, I this is a guy, we're talking about a guy who is not being drafted. Basically, he's on no one's draft boards. Uh, it's not even in people's minds of thinking that Zach Wilson is a viable fantasy quarterback. However, if I am wrong, which is most likely the case, and the analysts are correct, then I think that this is a a player and a a quarterback who's going to get your team a lot of points come the fantasy season because of guys like you mentioned, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, who is no longer injured. Uh, Keelan Cole is a good a fourth wide receiver, somebody that can just gobble up targets. We still have Jamison Crowder as well. So if he truly is all that and a bag of chips, then he is going to be a, a relatively decent fantasy quarterback. I think people are overlooking him. And he's a guy who you don't really have to draft. You can pick him up off a waiver wire if you think he's playing against a, a bad defense. So I think his, maybe not draft stock, but his uh, stock as a player that's viable in fantasy football has risen um, it, it was a small sample size still have more preseason games to go and I think even regular season games before you might stick him in your lineup but he is a player that could definitely have an impact now another player I want to touch on really quickly I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about him is Justin Fields uh, he balled out in his first preseason game and then to top it off he he then had a quote and he said and the NFL is kind of slow I thought it would be quicker and I, I was like wow a quarterback saying the NFL is slow, you don't ever see that from a rookie. So if this is just a you know, a glimpse of things to come, the Bears are going to be in good shape. And if you pick Justin Fields, you're going to be in good shape. Um, I, I think he's like very low on the quarterback rankings because he might not even be the starter. So he might be another guy that you're not even looking at drafting. Uh, as of right now, Andy Dolan is the quarterback one for the Bears. But I think very, very soon that will change. Justin Fields will take over. He went 12 for 20 with 142 yards, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Look for this guy to cause some damage come like fantasy time.
0: Yeah, you guys all gave gave really great names. And as for me, there's one guy that I I also kind of want to talk about. And he fits sort of the mold, I think, that you sort of described with Zach Wilson, Louie, where. He's not probably someone who's going to be a big time fantasy contributor. And like, it's not that he really raised his stock in terms of that, Like you, you know, you might want to grab him earlier, more of the fact that I think he went from being completely off anybody's radar to now you might be able to start to have the conversation that he could provide a little bit of fantasy value. That's Ramondre Stevenson running back for the new England Patriots. And again, at first glance, hearing that name, you might not really even have heard it before. But he's a fourth-round rookie that the Patriots selected in this past draft, and in the Patriots' first preseason game against the Washington Football Team, he went out and had 127 yards on 10 carries and two rushing touchdowns. And here's the thing: with the fact that he plays on the Patriots is is going to be you know the most concerning thing for someone like Ramondre Stevenson in fantasy because. As everyone kind of knows, the way Bill Belichick runs things over there in New England is that there's almost never a true bell cow in that backfield. And it's always sort of a committee approach. A lot of guys will get work and a lot of guys will get touches. But heading into this preseason, I mean, at least for me, and I think really for you know a lot of NFL writers, fans, anything out there, Ramondre Stevenson wasn't really someone who was thought of to be in the conversation of getting actual legitimate touches. Uh, come the season for the Patriots. I mean, there are a lot of reports that it was pretty much Damian Harris having, you know, a stranglehold on the backfield, at least to start the season. But if Stevenson keeps running the ball like he did, you know, in, in that preseason game, and, you know, maybe Belichick starts to give him a little more opportunity, he might A, eat away at some of Damian Harris's opportunity, which might bring his value down. And then Armandre Stevenson might turn into being a guy who he probably won't be someone that you want to be a starter for your team to really, you know, put in there week to week. But guy who could you know be a waiver wire guy who you need for a spot start if you have a running back on a bye week so I'm intrigued to see if anything else shakes out about that and and then of course you know with the Patriots backfield Belichick could have a guy who runs for 150 yards and then you know something happens and then he they're gone they're cut I mean I'm thinking back to I think it was Jonas Gray a couple years ago where he had like the four touchdown game on like Monday night football or something and then immediately got cut the week after because he like missed a practice so with the Patriots backfield, there's so much, you know, unpredictability that I'm not putting, you know, saying like, okay, go out and grab Ramondre Stevenson in drafts. But I think he's just someone that, after seeing the way he ran the ball against Washington, I mean, he just, he, he had a, also a, a good chunk of, of the 127 yards he had came. He ripped off a 91 yard touchdown run. I mean, the dude was really running all over the place and was at least compared to the other Patriots running backs that had entered that preseason game, he was really playing the best. So he's someone that I've now sort of turned my eyes open to and, you know, put on my radar and saying, okay, maybe this guy can do something in the future. Maybe he won't, but, you know, just worth having a little bit of the conversation now, given how outstanding of of a performance he had in that preseason game. And I think it would be remiss if I, I didn't really just bring him up and talk about him a little bit, but, before we move on, I mean, I'll open it back up again to you, Jury or Anything, anything else uh, you guys want to talk about in regards to things you've seen in preseason or, or camp, or should we get going right into this mock draft, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners are, are, are ready to go and hear? Uh, well, I guess I, I'll just say one
2: thing about, you know, your pick with Zach Wilson, Louis. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are, are hesitant to draft rookie quarterbacks because obviously, you know, they're coming in, uh, they're obviously a little bit inexperienced. There's an adjustment period. Um, and But that being said, like, even last year, we saw Justin Herbert finish as a, a top fantasy option. And You know, we saw Joe Burrow before going down with an injury was dominating in the NFL. So I feel like the quarterbacks that are drafted to be great, like Zach Wilson, who went number two overall, is probably going to have a, a fine fantasy season. Maybe, you know, not to start off, but, you know maybe he has a few bad games to start his career and you you trade low and and you buy the potential and then the second half of the season he starts to dominate and you have a you know a value quarterback now or you just pick him off off, off waivers if no one decides to draft him at the at, at the start of the the season so you know while i think there are some better quarterback prospects in fantasy i i mean i feel like it's entirely You know, it's fair. You you should be able to target a rookie quarterback because they've proven time and time again that they can get it done.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Those are two fantastic examples of last year. I don't think Zach Wilson can replicate what those two guys were doing last year, but if he can, that'd be fantastic for your fantasy team. Um, and I I just wanted to mention that it's very hard to judge based off of preseason because they don't really play a lot they don't have too much action it's totally different when you're not playing against you know the Giants third team uh, and and Zach Wilson's gonna have to go up against first team uh, NFLers so it's a little bit hard to judge as of right now but as the preseason moves on we should get a better feel for the, the guys that we mentioned if they're gonna get the ball or if they're going to be able to throw the ball efficiently or if they're going to be able to catch the ball efficiently in the other case might be whatever position they play so it, it'll be kind of a feeling out process it's hard to tell with just one preseason game uh, but I do think he has the potential he's very high ceiling and for fantasy owners for guys in the late rounds that's exactly what you want so look for Zach Wilson to do just that
0: yeah I mean you, again you guys do bring up great points about Zach Wilson especially like you said Jory that you know Louis you said you you're a little worried that he might do it but the track record is there for rookie quarterbacks to come out and you know be impact players in fantasy right out of the gate and I mean for me for someone like Zach Wilson who I'm pretty exceptionally high on I think if he's gonna be you know if he's gonna be what the Jets drafted him to be which is you know a, a real true franchise quarterback who can you know be a Pro Bowl level guy for a couple of years I think he's gonna be starting you know doing that right out of the gate and have a really phenomenal rookie year. So Absolutely, especially again, like we already talked about a little bit with him with how late he's going in drafts. I think Zach Wilson is an excellent, you know, pick for someone if you if you're going that late round quarterback strategy, uh, which personally I'm a huge advocate for. I almost always do that. But Zach Wilson, phenomenal player. He should have a great fantasy year. But with that, we'll wrap up our talk about you know the preseason. And we'll get into the real meat of the episode, what the listeners are here for, what I know we're all excited to do, and that is a mock draft. So mock drafting, at least in my opinion, is probably one of the most important things that you can do to really help prepare yourself for, you know, your fantasy season. You can see sort of where players are going off the board, you know, what direction, if you if you go running back, running back in the first two rounds. You can see how you like your roster at the end to compare to if you went wide receiver, wide receiver. You can really feel out a lot of different strategies, see how your roster will shake out with, you know, the format of your league. So we thought no better way to, to help you guys get prepared and also help us get prepared a little bit for our fantasy leagues by doing a mock draft live on the episode. So me, Jory, and Louie will each have our own teams and we'll be going through making our picks, breaking them down, giving some feedback. Uh, it's going to be a 12-team a PPR mock draft. So sort of at least what I think is probably the most you know standard popular format out there for uh, a fantasy, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, flex, kicker defense, a quarterback, and five bench spots. So with that said, I mean, I think it's time we dive right in and get this thing started. So Louis is going to be drafting from the two spot i'm going to be drafting from the sixth spot and drury will be drafting from the ninth overall spot so we're going to get this thing started and and real quick before we go and any anything else you guys want to say in regards you know your mock draft strategy a little preview of what you're going to try to do anything before we kick this thing off uh i mean just basically what you said
2: joe is it's it's an important part of fantasy football. I feel like you get an an idea of where players are gonna eventually go in drafts, which is a good thing to know before you get into your actual leagues, because you know you can be better prepared, strategize for who you think is gonna be on the board at every at every position. So I think it is a, a vital part to being a good fantasy football player.
0: All right, so we've kicked the draft off. Draft off kind of no surprise Christian McCaffrey ha- has gone at the number 1 overall spot to the computer and that's now going to leave Louie you're going to take it away first you're on the clock right now with the number 2 overall pick talk us through it what are you going to do you know what's your strategy here
1: yeah so the number 2 overall pick is pretty easy i think in most drafts um because most likely Christian McCaffrey will be off the board i would hope so if Christian McCaffrey is on the board at 2 you better take him uh but most likely he will not be and for me out of the three running backs that i think are in like the top of tier number one, it would be Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry. For me, I think Alvin Kamara has the uh, highest ceiling of any running back that's here because uh, the simple fact that he could explode any given game. Um, and Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards last year, so that's a good going into this year. Their offensive line. It will be just fine. It will be pretty much the same as last year. But for me, I like Dalvin Cook. I had him last year. He can catch passes. He's a little bit of both. He's not as run heavy as Derrick Henry, um, and he catches less passes than with Kamara, but he still is a good pick here at number two. For me, I like him more than Kamara and Derek Henry. Um, I'm a big Vikings fan for fantasy. They usually have good players that produce a lot of fantasy points at almost every position. So for me, I'm going to pick Dalvin Cook with this second pick.
0: All right, so Louis gone. Dalvin Cook at the two spot. After him, with the computer picks, Alvin Kamara goes three overall. Derrick Henry four overall, and then Jonathan Taylor at the five, which to me is a little interesting. But you know, that's just the the CPU doing their thing. And so now that leaves me on the clock at the six pick. And at this point, it's kind of a little interesting for me here, uh, because I personally I feel like there's a little bit of a tear break after about the first four or so guys, you know, McCaffrey, Cook, who Louis just talked about, and then Kamara and Henry, I think are sort of the the bona fide top four this year in terms of fantasy, especially at the running back position. I think after them, it kind of gets into a little bit of a murky area, at least for me, where there could be, you know, a a wide variety of, you know, who who you rank in what certain spot. Uh, And so looking at it now, I, I f- first of all, I, I'm going to have sort of the conversation and debate of whether I should go running back or wide receiver here. I mean, I could go with someone like Devonte Adams, who is probably the, the consensus number one wide receiver right now, or or Tyree Kill, who could also be in that conversation. I think both of them have real good shots to, you know, finish as the number one overall wide receiver However, me personally, I always kind of like to go a little running back heavy, especially in the earlier rounds. I think it's one of the more important positions in fantasy. So I'm going to fade the wide receiver position at the six overall uh, just for this mock draft. And I think I'm going to focus in on taking a running back here. And for me, I'm kind of really between two guys at this pick, and that's Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott, Chubb of of the Browns and Elliott of the Cowboys. Um. I think with Elliott, I think he's someone who is being a little undervalued. His average draft position is around the nine spot, and so it would be a, a tiny bit of a reach, I guess, to take him at six here. But I think with Dak Prescott returning, and and hopefully he should be healthy fully for this upcoming season, I mean, that offense should get back to where it was. The, the offensive line was a little banged up last year, and it, it's probably going to still be a little worse this year. But I think the talent is still there with Zeke and, you know, he, he had a little bit of a down year, but I think kind of due to factors that were out of his control and not things that are I'm really worried about this year. But I'm going to go with the other guy that I first talked about. That's Nick Chubb for the, the Cleveland Browns. And yes, the, the only there's a question mark that we're doing a PPR draft here and, and Chubb does not get the most uh, receiving value. But I think that in terms of just pure potential, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna switch on myself now because I'm gonna go with Zeke Elliott. I, I'm gonna pick him here because I would I was starting to have the conversation and make the case against Chubb of, you know, even though he is not a, a big pass catcher and he is in sort of a little bit of a timeshare with Kareem Hunt, I think he's still worth a first round pick. But as I was saying those words, I started to not really believe myself and I wouldn't have I don't think I would have been able to provide a convincing case for the listeners. So I'm going to stick to my guns with what I just said about Zeke that I think the question marks aren't going to be there for him. I think Dak's going to come back and that offense is going to be really, really great the way it was in the beginning of last season. Zeke, he hasn't really shown much signs himself of slowing down outside of the fact that you know, there's been some bad line play, some bad quarterback play. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott and he's going to be my, my running back to anchor my roster in this mock draft.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a solid pick, Joe. Uh I don't know if you've been following hard knocks, but he's looks he looks pretty good. And so does the rest of the Cowboys. I mean they they gotta get healthy, but Zeke looks like he's in really good shape. And uh I would imagine that he's probably gonna have a pretty solid season, you know, all things considered. But that being said, now with myself at the nine spot, um you know I could I could go I could do a curveball here and, and take a, a wide, the first wide receiver because, again, uh, after you, Joe, it was Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb that went to teams seven and eight. So no wide receivers yet. It's all running backs. And, you know, I could, again, try and potentially get the number one receiver in fantasy and, you know, maybe go Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill or I could go even Travis Kelsey and not have to worry about the tight end position. But I feel like, Round one is is where running backs should go, and there's only so few that are real difference makers. And with that said, I feel like the best running back on the board at the moment is Aaron Jones. Um, I mean, he's been so consistent the last couple of years for the Packers, and I feel like he's a lot, uh, you know, he's very similar to to Alvin Kamara in the sense that he his touches are always going to be there, whether it be on the ground or in the air. And now with Aaron Rodgers committing to the Packers for one more season, you know, I have no qualms about his touchdown upside or anything like that. So I feel like Aaron Jones is is going to be the pick here for me. And uh, I'm excited to have him on my roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones, a, a really good, phenomenal pick there. And I, honestly, he was someone who I, I was considering just a tiny bit at the sixth spot. I mean, I, I think, again, that would have been it definitely would have been above his ADP, but I, I do agree with you, jury that I, I think there's questions about, you know, the sort of touchdown upside for him, but I'm not really worried about it, you know, with, I think that I, I think is with the Packers often still whole, which we probably probably will talk about a little later. If someone drafts, well, Devontae Adams actually has gone, so we won't talk about if someone drafts him, but you know, when guys like Rogers, uh, uh get drafted. Uh, I think that, There's definitely a lot of questions about that. They might, you know, have sort of a little bit of regression after, I mean, they had a phenomenal year last year. But I think that they're going to stay playing to the level that they've been at. So not worried about that. that, any of that Packers offense. And I think, you know, great pick by you there, Jory, taking Aaron Jones. And you're going to be on the clock again with the fourth pick of the second round after you just running through real quick. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes at the 2-1 Austin Eckler and Najee Harris were, were the six picks made by the computer. So now, Drew, you're back on the clock and talk us through it. Where are you going here? Yeah, well, this is one of the benefits of having a later pick
2: in the draft. You, you, you get, you know, you're on the turn quicker. Um, I wanted Austin Eckler to fall to me at this spot. I didn't think he would be able to. But if he did, that would have been a perfect, you know, running back, running back start to my draft. And then I probably wouldn't have drafted a running back for multiple rounds. Um, But that being said, there is still one running back that I'm willing to draft here at this spot. Um, And that's Joe Mixon with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I mean, last year he was very inconsistent. He dealt, he dealt with injuries. I think he, I don't know how many weeks he missed, but he was definitely out for quite some time uh, this, this past season, but, He's a solid running back, and more. I think the most important thing is that he's basically the only running back in that backfield that is going to get any kind of work, which, you know, sometimes opportunity trumps talent in fantasy, and you want to get the guy that's going to have a lot of touches. Um, and you know, as as the Bengals also try and integrate Joe, uh, Joe Burrow back into the offense because of, he's obviously coming off an injury-riddled season as well, maybe they rely on Joe Mixon a little bit more than they you know would have thought heading into the season. So I think I'm going to go Joe Mixon here, secure my running back, uh, my two running backs to start the draft, and then you
0: know worry about every other position from here on out. So jury goes Joe Mixon, which I, I do love that pick. you know I've been a fan of Joe Mixon for a while and I've had him on a couple of fantasy teams in the past and I think this year especially, uh, the fact that, you know, there's no Giovanni Bernard there. He's gonna have the backfield to himself. The real only question mark with him is gonna be can he stay healthy? And, you know, I think for him to get hurt again, I mean, it would be a real, you know, just awful, awful odds for him. So I I buy the fact that Joe Mixon's gonna have a big year. So love that pick for you. And you, I mean, Drury's now got a real nice running back core of Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon, but I'm gonna to have to compete with that now because with this pick that I'm up on the clock now, after jury, it was DK Metcalf and Stefan Diggs. Two receivers went. And that means the guy that I wanted to be here for me is here. And it's Antonio Gibson. I'm a Washington football team fan. So there's a little bit of extra bias, you know, into there. But again, I think looking at, at the board, at least how it stands right now, some of the other running backs out there, JK Dobbins, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, DeAndre Swift aren't really guys that I mean me personally I would feel comfortable taking you know this early in the second round and you know if Gibson was not there I probably would pivot to a wide receiver pick of someone like a Hopkins uh AJ Brown Calvin Ridley but Antonio Gibson is on the board and I'm gonna be you know if if this was what has happened what was happening in an actual draft for me I'd be I'd be sprinting to my phone to hit the draft button because I think Antonio Gibson is gonna have a really really you know big time year this year Last year, he finished in PPR as the running back 13 overall, and that was with missing a couple of games due to a turf toe injury at the very end of the year. That was also also with not really having a full-on lead back role in the Washington backfield. He actually got outpaced in targets by JD McKissick coming out of the backfield, and receiving is the better part of Antonio Gibson's game than his rushing ability, which is kind of mind-boggling to think about. So This is someone who in his rookie year finished as just outside of being a running back one in fantasy, while also not even getting the the full opportunity of the best part of his skill set. If he coming into this year gets the opportunity from Ron Rivera and that Washington coaching staff gets a lot of targets out of the backfield, gets a little bit more carries. And and especially, you know, I think he's going to be able to actually stay healthy this year. And, you know, it was just a real freak turf toe injury that damaged him towards the end of last season, he everything is on the wall for him to have a huge, huge monster season. And so with that said, I'm going to take him, have him as, you know, my second running back. Now I've got a running back core of Ezekiel Elliott and Antonio Gibson, two guys in the NFC East, two guys who I feel really strongly about heading into this coming year. And now I've sort of set myself up to sort of look for some other positions as the draft continues to go on. And yeah, so a- after I picked, George Kittle goes in the second, then A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, and that hands it over to Louie, who had a bit of a long wait. You know, like Jory said, y- you get a quick turnaround when you're at, at at the end of the draft. You also get one at the beginning of the draft, but you got to wait until rounds two and three to do that, because that when you're picking at the two spot, like Louie is in this one, it's a pretty long wait from your first round pick to your second round pick. But now Louie's on the clocks, and it's going to be pretty quick and you're going to have two picks here pretty much in, in the next four so talk us through this you know next series of picks for you Louie. how are you going here
1: so I thought I was going to have a decision to make because I didn't know if George Kittle would be off the board uh but Kittle is off the board um I am a proponent of taking tight ends early I think that's a position that can really really help you if you have a top tier tight end um I also think though that players such as Mark uh uh, Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson are also viable tight ends, but Kelsey Kittle, um, even, even uh, Darren Waller is up in that conversation with those elite tight ends. And there's, it's basically like you're having another wide receiver and you don't have to worry about, Oh, do I have to play Noah Fant this week or, or, or uh, another tight end that's like questionable. Cause I was having that decision last year, but anyway, Kittle's off the board. My guy D hop is staring me in the face. And I think as much as I want to take him, I have to go running back. Um, I, I, I don't know what team number one is going to do. I think they're only going to take one more running back. That actually is going to change my mind. They're only going to take one more running back. And for me, no, I take it back. I don't know why I 2nd guess myself. I think if this pick, J.K. Dobbins is there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there. For me, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a better year. He has more upside than J.K. Dobbins. Uh, The Ravens are a run-first team, but they kind of have a loaded backfield um, with him and and Gus Edwards uh, and Lamar, who seems to be their leading rusher almost every week. So uh, for me, I'm going to go with the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I'm just going to pray that DeAndre Hopkins is there by the next time I pick. So it looks like he is not there as the team number one, went Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins. They did not pick a running back. So I could have taken DeAndre Hopkins and maybe that would have changed their pick, but I guess we'll never know. Uh, so right now I have two running backs. I went Dalvin Cook and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now I am thinking of reaching for Darren Waller simply because of what I said before, I like reaching for tight ends. I think they can really help you in the long run. And I am not as high on Darren Waller as others are. But since he is here and I do not pick for a long time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick Darren Waller. I think you can find your wide receivers later in the draft, waiver wire, people you never expect to be good come out and and are fantastic for you at wide receiver. You can find wide receivers. It's hard to find a good tight end. It's hard to find running backs. That's why I went running back tight end.
0: I really like, I really liked both of your picks there, Louie. I mean, uh, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire one, I think he's going to be a big value this year because I know myself. I got burned by him last year, and I think people are going to be kind of scared after you know he had sort of a, a, a bust of a year last year for where he's being taken in the draft and fantasy drafts. Uh, but I think heading into this year, where he's going to have the backfield to himself, he's going to have a real real monster season. And I also really like that Darren Waller pick. And I know you said you're not as high as sort of the consensus on him. I actually am one of those people. I mean, I think honestly, I have him ranked higher than George Kittle for this season in terms of in terms of pure. Fantasy, just because I think he's going to be, you know, the number one receiving target in that Raiders offense. He's going to command such a such a huge, you know, percentage of the targets. And I do agree with you. I I am a proponent also of kind of taking tight end early. Uh, and that sort of leads me into this next discussion, which about my pick. At, 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 at you know, this is now the sixth pick of the third round. After Louis picked Darren Waller and when J.K. Dobbins, Josh Allen, quarterback, went off the board, and Keenan Allen. Allen to Allen, back to back. Uh, but now I'm sitting here, and I was hoping that Darren Waller was actually going to fall to me with this third-round pick because I think with the tight end position, especially this year, you have to either pay up in the beginning of the of the draft and you'll get that elite Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle type. But if you don't, and if they're not there for you, I mean, you know, for this year, I'm, I'm sort of targeting with sort of my third-round pick, seeing if I can get one of those tight ends there. If they're not there, which is what's now going to be my strategy for this mock draft, I'm just going to punt the position and pretty much not take one until, I mean, the 13th, 14th round. I'm I'm keying you guys into my strategy for this mock draft, so you're welcome for that. But I think that if you don't really get one of the elite high-tier guys, I think sort of the the drop-off is is real substantial. And then, like, from that, like, tight end five, tight end six, the guys who go in the fifth and sixth round – from them all the way down to the guys who are going to be at the end of the draft, I don't see much of a, of a huge difference. So I'm willing to really just sit back and let other uh, guys take tight ends and then just hope I can, you know, either just stream tight end week to week or find a good waiver wire or late value pick. But with that said, so I'm, I'm not going to go tight end here. I'm not going to take, you know, a Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson in the third round. I am sort of zeroing in on the wide receiver position. I don't have one on my roster yet. And there's a couple of guys that are sitting on the board right now. The, the number one name that screams out to me, as I said last pick, uh, I'm a Washington football team fan and Terry McLaurin is sitting here uh, for me to take, but I'm actually not going to take him. And that is due to the fact that I already do have Antonio Gibson on my team And as as fun as it would be to really just load up with, with both of both of my guys and, you know, really just root for them. I am sometimes a little wary to, to load up on two guys from the same offense, uh, if it's not you know an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, or, or one that's going to be a real high powered and you know get a lot of points every single week. I still have a little bit of doubt in, in the Washington offense, and I don't know if the the ceiling for my team will be there week to week if I have both Gibson and McLaurin in my lineup. So I think I'm gonna have to fade Scary Terry at this pick. And I'm just going to move to to the next guy in terms of average draft position that's on the board right now. And in my mind, the next best guy uh, at the wide receiver position available, that's Allen Robinson uh, for the Chicago Bears. We, we talked about him. I know, Jory, you and I did on, on, I think it was the very first episode of Icing the Ticker. Uh, I think A-Rob is primed for a, another big year because, you know, I say another because he's been one of the best, you know, wide receivers in both the NFL and in fantasy for some time now. And, you know, he was a wide receiver one in fantasy last year with, I mean, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky playing. And you talked about him at the very beginning of this show, Louis. You know, they have Justin Fields here now, who he's going to I, I agree with, you know, that he's going to be a big time player. And I think it's going to be the best quarterback play that Allen Robinson's ever had. So I think he's going to be able to even outpace some of these past seasons that he, he's had where he's been a true number one wide receiver, a guy who can anchor that position for you in fantasy. So I'm going to get him to anchor my wide receiver position on my roster. And that means it's now up to Jory after DeAndre Swift and Chris Carson have gone and Jory is on the clock.
2: Well, this is a... Uh... To be honest, a very easy decision, Joe, and you basically talked up this player during your pick, I, don't, I think I would be foolish not to take Terry McLaurin here in the third round. I mean, that's that's crazy value. This guy, uh, I mean, he's an elite wide receiver. He is the legitimate top five fantasy wide receiver upside, I think, this season. Um, I, I mean, there's really not much more to say about it. I, I think this is a this is probably my favorite pick of the draft so far, I um, And I I had a feeling this would happen because you obviously didn't want to take two Washington football team players. And then the teams ahead of me, you know, they drafted Stephon Diggs and DK Metcalf in the round before. So I kind of figured they wouldn't take another wide receiver at that point. So I had a feeling that he could follow me here. So, you know, that's another part of drafting is you got to know who, you know, you got to look at your teams ahead of you and see who they're drafting and, and try and, Strategize and make a game plan for, you know, who you think could fall, and you can get values like this. So uh, I'm gonna go Terry McLaurin, and I hope another wide receiver falls me in the in the fourth round, but we'll see uh, after this turn.
0: So after Jory's pick, uh, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Kyler Murray, and I I hope Mike Evans and Julio Jones weren't one of one of them wasn't the wide receiver you were hoping would fall, but what are you doing now, here, Jory? Well,
2: this is interesting. You know, I feel like Terry McLaurin is a – it's not necessarily like a boom or bust player. I, I feel like he's definitely going to have a solid season. And I think it would make sense to go with a guy here that has – is a more safe player. Like, you know, I'm looking at receivers. And that that's kind of my, my idea here. I'm probably not going to go with another running back for a while after I, I went running back, running back to start the draft. Um but that you know, I could pick a, a player like Robert Woods here. Uh, you know, he's a very consistent receiver. Uh, he has been for the Rams for a while. Um, you know, I could go potentially like Chris Godwin, who's who obviously is in a high-powered offense with Tom Brady. But I feel like the the best pick, who, and I, I'm just going for upside, and that's C.D. Lamb with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I feel like, I mean, again, another player who I believe could finish as a top 5 wide receiver if everything breaks right for him. I mean, he was exceptional in his rookie season. Obviously not at the level of Justin Jefferson, but I mean, he was he was great as a rookie and now with that coming back, obviously you you know we talked about Zeke and the offensive line getting healthy as well, so I think CD Lamb is going to be a very a good beneficiary beneficiary of this offense. So I'm going to go CD Lamb here.
0: Yeah, I think C.D. Lamb is a great pick, you know, and like you said, I mean, I think he's, I I mean, I just think he, he's a phenomenal, ta- phenomenally talented wide receiver, and he's going to wind up having a real solid NFL career, and, you know, I already talked about when I checked Zeke that I think the, the Cowboys offense is primed to have a big bounce back year, and him heading into his second season, there's really not much more that I can say about that C.D. pick, I love it, uh, but following him, another Dallas wide receiver goes, Amari Cooper at the 4.05 right after Drury, and then right before my pick was Lamar Jackson. And so now I'm sitting here uh, with the seventh pick of the fourth round. And to be honest, I- I'm not incredibly sure how how I'm going to go uh, at this spot because if I want to go running back, which, you know, I kind of like to load up on running backs a lot, you know, and, you know, with this league having a flex spot in this mock draft that we're doing, to be able to put a third running back in your flex spot is something I usually like. But at this stage right now, the guys that are on the board, Daryl Henderson, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, you know, are guys that, you know, I, I do like some of them, but I'm not sure if I'd take them right here in, in the fourth round. So I don't think I'm going to go running back. And I think I'm going to, you know, get myself another solid wide receiver too to put on my roster. And at the wide receiver position, it's another tough conversation for me, but I think it's almost—it's kind of the opposite. It's a good one because there's a lot of guys that I like here. Uh, I mean, Cooper Cups here, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin. Th- there's a lot of different options I could go with here, and I'm gonna sort of—I think you know—it was kind of a little bit of what your strategy was, Jordan, where y- you were chasing the upside with ZD Lamb. And I am going to chase, you know, a big time upside boom type player. And maybe it's a little bit of a reach over some of the other guys that are available. He He's not one of the very top in terms of ADP that's on the board right now. But that's Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, with Tyler Lockett, there, there's a big conversation that a lot of people like to have that he's very inconsistent And it really was kind of prevalent last year. You know, he had 50-point weeks legitimately, but then he would follow it up with four points in a week. But with me, I don't really buy the whole Tyler Lockett inconsistency narrative because I think last year was really the only first time in his career where he had sort of, you know, a streaky up-and-down season like that. In previous years, he's been a pretty consistent, you know, week-to-week solid, you know, safe wide receiver. And so I'm sort of looking at last year like, almost an anomaly in terms of his entire career and honestly I mean last year it's almost a a, a good anomaly to have you know a good problem to have to have someone who could go off for 50 points any week and I think he's still going to carry that upside I think he'll be a little safer too this year I don't expect him to really having wide variations of you know where his weeks go And especially with the fact that I already have Allen Robinson as my, you know, locked in wide receiver one, a guy who is a little safer. I'm not banking on Tyler Lockett to be the number one wide receiver on my team. I can afford to take a little bit of a risk here and really chase the big time upside and, you know, the big boom weeks from Tyler Lockett. So I'm going to take him as my wide receiver two at the four with my fourth round pick. And that'll turn it over again to Louie, who who had another long wait, but he's going to be back on the clock.
1: That is a fantastic pick. I love Tyler Lockett. Uh, yes, he may be inconsistent, but th- like you said, the fact that he could win you a game by himself is almost irreplaceable. There's not many, very many players in the NFL that can do that. I love that pick for you. Now, for me, I'm so happy you did not say the guy who I wanted to get, and which is DJ Moore. Now, in terms of ADP, Chris Godwin is ahead of DJ Moore. But I am so excited, and I might be a little bit of a homer for saying this, to see Sam Darnold just absolutely flourish down in Carolina. He's got his old teammate in Robbie Anderson. He has DJ Moore, caught for 1,000 yards last year, if I'm not mistaken. He is arguably... I won't say the best because Derrick Henry did just rush for two thousand yards, but he has the most versatile running back in all of football. And Christian McCaffrey, that offense is poised to take such a big leap this year. And I want to get into that. I want to tap in with this pick with DJ Moore. I didn't didn't even put that much thought into it. I'm just so excited to see him do well next year now the two play uh, the team number one they had two picks they went wide receiver wide receiver which is weird because now they have four wide receivers and only one running back but I guess Christian McCaffrey kind of makes up for two running backs with the amount of points he'll score every week so I I can see why they did that and now I have a decision to make because I could chase the upside of a player like Jamar Chase um, who I probably would pick over Robert Woods right now just because I think that offense um is going to be very well if Burrow is healthy. Jamar Chase could, you know, is a wide receiver one and will fill that role nicely with the Bengals. And I'm a proponent of waiting on quarterbacks. I do not like to pick quarterbacks early. I usually will pick them last and because they're not really too valuable. Uh, but Russell Wilson is staring me in the face right here. And I'm going to have a very large decision to make. I just mentioned about how. Uh, Uh, Tyler Lockett and how you know he could go off for a game well whenever Tyler Lockett goes off so does Russell Wilson because that's his quarterback that's who he's receiving the ball from and I don't really like the running backs that are here in terms of a flex running back Daryl Henderson or Travis Etienne Daryl Henderson is going to be the number one guy because Cam Makers is out, but I still think it might be a committee in that Rams offense. um, And we'll have to see how that works because they might be past first two with the addition of Matt Stafford. Travis Etienne is drafted. He might even be a receiver because he's taking receiving reps at Jaguars camp. I don't know why that's happening. I disagree with the draft pick from the Jaguars and then into fantasy. It doesn't help his stock either. So I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to break my rules of waiting for a quarterback. Give me Russell Wilson. I'll, you know, I'll wait a while. I'll find a receiver late. i find a sleeper receiver that I'll have to look for later in the draft. But I like Russell Wilson, not only because uh, his receivers are just beasts and they can break out and have a great game at any given time, but also the fact that uh, he runs with his legs. Uh, he can get yards with his legs. He can score touchdowns with his legs. I think that's a very, much like Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen, that, that's, a, that's a very good thing to have in a fantasy quarterback. It's something you can't find in every fantasy quarterback so I'm going to do it. I'm going to draft Russell Wilson right
0: here. Yeah, I I like that Russell Wilson pick. And I think, you know, I, I too am a proponent of the whole, you know, wait on a quarterback thing, but I, I do think, which was, you know, kind of your approach here that you've got to kind of take it on a case by case basis in terms of your draft, because if, you know, the other positions aren't, you know, really, you know, don't really have guys that you want to take there and you see as sort of a tear break. I think it is absolutely fair to then, you know, say all right I'll just get a real solid you know high round quarterback rather than sort of reach on a running back or receiver so love lo- and especially following up that pick of DJ Moore uh I-, I love those picks for you Lewin I mean that team right now Russell Wilson Dalvin Cook Clyde over to DJ Moore Darren Waller that's looking pretty solid uh I I gotta say myself uh but after Louis, Louis' pick of Russell Wilson, uh, Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin, and Kareem Hunt went off the board. And also, I did forget to say, in between my Tyler Lockett pick and DJ Moore pick, uh, the CPU took Cooper Cup, Kyle Pitts, and Mark Andrews. So all those guys are off the board now. And I'm sitting here, again, with kind of a little bit of a decision. Uh, I could go running back here. I could get my third running back. I also couldn't get a third wide receiver. Uh, maybe do something a little bit, you know, get a safer guy as sort of a safety blanket to the possible inconsistency of Tyler Lockett, another guy who can play to a wide receiver two level. And to be honest, I'm not really sure which direction I'm going to go. I'm I'm, I'm not going to go with the quarterback here. I don't. I mean, the guys Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers are are at the top of the board right now. I don't think any of them really warrant going in the fifth round right now, especially over some of these you know flex positions that are available. And. You know what, I'm I'm really having a tough time deciding here between two Los Angeles Rams, uh, Robert Woods and Daryl Henderson. Uh, Daryl Henderson, the running back, is the first guy I think I'm going to kind of talk about a little bit. I think there's a little bit more of a question mark to him because you know he was a guy who was not supposed to be the starting running back for this team. It was going to be Cam Akers, and then obviously Cam Akers goes down and is out for the year with a, an Achilles injury. And so now Daryl Henderson, as it stands right now, is going to be the lead back in that backfield. But there is always, the, you know, the, the concern that, you know, maybe they go out and, you know, a couple of weeks in get another running back and then kind of that, that might tank Daryl Henderson's value. That's something that happened to Clyde over to Lair last year when the Chiefs got Levy on Bell. But I also do see the upside there for Daryl Henderson in, in a run heavy offense like the Rams, an offense that just in general should be super high powered. I think the potential's infinitely there for Daryl Henderson to have a big time year, and if I'm drafting him, it's going to be as my running back three with already having Gibson and Elliott on my roster, so I don't have to worry about really pinning all my hopes on him. But I'm gonna pivot to the other Los Angeles Ram, and that's Robert Woods, just based off the sheer fact that I think at, at this point in the draft, in the mid fifth round, I think it's a little bit of a value for him now. He's a guy who is just really, you know, you kind of talked about a jury. He's a model of consistency for for a wide receiver. He's one of the more safe floor guys in the entire league. He's a guy who's going to go out every week and just catch a bunch of targets. And he might not get a touchdown. He might not have some monster yardage, but he's just going to catch a lot, a lot of passes. And like I said, that Rams offense is going to be even more high powered this year because Matt Stafford's going to be there now. And you figure, I mean, Cooper Cup might also be in the conversation, but I think Robert Woods is going to wind up being the number one receiving target for Matt Stafford, who I think is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL right now. I think he's a, a top 10 quarterback bar none. And we saw what Matt Stafford did with Kenny Galladay and, you know, turned him to a real elite wide receiver in Detroit. I think Robert Woods is going to get a little bit even better than we've seen from him in years past. And, you know, we know that he's, as we said, a high floor guy, a guy who's going to catch a lot of passes in a PPR league too, a full point PPR league. That's going to give him a little bit of an edge over some other guys. So I'm going to take Robert Woods as my third wide receiver, a little bit of a safety blanket with with the risk of taking Tyler Lockett earlier. And now I've locked in that I have Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett and Allen Robinson as my wide receiver core. I feel great about that. And now I can sort of focus a little bit to getting some running back depth in the coming rounds. And one of those guys that I just talked about on on the Los Angeles Rams offense, Daryl Henderson, he went and so did Jamar Chase after my pick. And now that means Jory Mickens is again on the clock. What will he do? Well,
2: uh, it's a a shame you had to take Robert Woods because I think that would have been the the auto pick for me here in this fifth round. You know, I I talked about how McLaurin and Lamb are kind of more upside guys. I think having Robert Woods as like my consistent flex uh, receiver every week, just a consistent guy that would have constantly gotten me points uh, in that position would have been a great to have or a great thing to have. And, you know, looking at the rest of the running backs, uh, or excuse me, the wide receivers, uh, you know, I'm not really. Uh, ecstatic about any of them you know there's Kenny Galladay who's been dealing with some injuries and he's obviously with the Giants and that's a whole question um, you have Michael Thomas who again another question mark there he's also dealing with some injuries then you know you have a, a guy like Devonte Smith um, Odell Beckham you know so I'm not really feeling the the wide receiver position at this point um, maybe in the sixth round uh, after this turn I'll, I'll consider taking another wide receiver but I think at this point in the draft, um, I'm, I'm either looking at quarterback or tight end, but in my opinion, I think I would want to go tight end because I feel like the quarterbacks are there's always such a deep position, whereas tight end, if you don't get one of the top five tight ends, you're probably just going to be picking up guys off the waiver wire every week. So I'm going to go TJ Hawkinson with the Detroit Lions. I think he's probably going to be a top th- four tight end most likely. Probably behind Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller. I, you know, I saw Kyle Pitts went a little bit earlier, and I'm kind of surprised. Uh, I don't know, even if Kyle Pitts has, you know, the best rookie tight end season ever, I don't think he's going to finish as a, a top five tight end this year. I, I just, it's tough for rookie tight ends to come in and be great. So, I'm going to go T.J. Hawkinson here and just lock in my tight end position. Hopefully, this doesn't come to to bite me uh, in in the next round.
1: Jory, I love that pick. Uh, I mentioned him earlier. He is going to be more than serviceable and getting him this late is fantastic. There's not really much uh, competition in terms of target shares. They reinforced the O-line drafting Penny Sewell to give uh, Jared Goff some more time to throw the ball. I think he's going to do you uh, a world of like, he's going to do your fantasy team very, very good.
2: Well, I'm happy to hear that. Um, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I hope that you know, this my team is shaping up pretty nicely, I think, and I'm glad that you think the same, Louis. But um, you know, now we're back on the clock again with this sixth round pick, and again, you know, I was talking about the wide receivers, um, and a few of them went after me: Kenny Galladay, Brandon Ayuk, and Deontay Johnson, and Michael Thomas all went um after I picked T.J. Hawkinson. Brandon Ayuk was actually a player I was hoping fell to me here in the sixth round. I feel like that would have been a perfect one, two, three combo, uh, another second year wide receiver for the, for the 49ers, uh, an upside guy as well. Now I, am in a very, you know, questionable decision here. I, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like I could go quarterback, but again, I feel like there's just so many good quarterbacks left and I, I'm willing to wait at this point in the draft. I, I feel like I can grab one later and be content with my quarterback position and, you know, looking at the running backs as well, you know, I could go running back and, and try and get some depth there. That honestly seems like a, a the, probably the best course of action at this point in the draft. I, I mean, again, the wide receivers, I, I just don't love them, who's left on the board. So I think I might go running back at this spot uh, crazily enough, even though I said earlier in the draft I was going to wait a long time to take another one. Um, but we talked about this guy. Joe I think earlier in the in the on like the first episode I think of this podcast and that's Mike Davis for, for the the Atlanta Falcons you know he's not the 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 most talented guy but he he obviously played uh, in place of, of Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers this past season and proved to be you know a capable workhorse running back so I feel like um, you know while he might not have the best production. He, he's a starting running back on a, on a good offense, and you know he's I, again insurance for the two running backs that I took first and second, or uh, in the first and second rounds with Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. So I think I'm going to go Mike Davis here, and and then just not worry about running back for the rest of the draft, most likely.
0: Yeah, I I with that Mike Davis pick, I'm going to say I, I love it and I hate it kind of because. I, I, at least for me, I mean, I mean in this draft, because I love Mike Davis and, you know, like you talked about, we talked about him on, on, you know, one of the earlier episodes of icing the ticker. I think he's primed for a huge year. I think getting him like you just did in the sixth round, I mean, a guy who's probably going to be the, the three down workhorse for the Atlanta Falcons team, unless you really think that, you know, Kadri Ellison can, you know, take significant snaps away from Mike Davis. I think he's a great value And so I don't like it because he was a guy who I was hoping would maybe be there for me. But I do kind of like it because it makes my decision easier now at at this sixth-round pick because I was, you know, in a hypothetical world where he did fall. It was between him and this one other guy who's available right now. And he's someone who I'm just going to smash the draft button on and take. And that is from your Denver Broncos jury, Javante Williams. I am exceptionally high on Javante Williams as just an NFL prospect in general. I think, you know, heading into this past NFL draft, I enjoy he's repping his Bronco shirt uh, for the the listeners. You you can't see us right now wearing it proudly. Uh, But Javante Williams was a guy who, outside of Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, I had him, honestly, in the conversation as the third best running back prospect in this NFL draft. He's he's just an exceptionally talented back. He's going to be on the Broncos, who there is a little bit of question marks in regards to their offense, but I think they do have a a very high ceiling offense, and there's the potential that they could really click. You know, Drew Locke, he's kind of had an up-and-down career so far. And if he, I mean, if he figures it out, they're going to really be able to hit their stride. Even if he doesn't, Teddy Bridgewater, we've seen him be able to sustain you know, fantasy, you know, assets. I mean, for for a period of time in in, in the past season in Carolina with Mike Davis, who you just talked about, I mean, he he was able to get a, Mike Davis was able to get a sizable amount of targets out of the backfield from Teddy Bridgewater. So I I think that the Denver offense is going to definitely be enough to sustain a running back one in fantasy for this upcoming season. And I think Javante Williams is going to wind up being the true workhorse on this Denver Broncos team. And Joe, you're the Broncos expert. So maybe, you know, you might have a little bit of a different opinion on this. But the way I see it is that Javante Williams is younger. And I think he's flat out more talented than Melvin Gordon, who is the other guy in the backfield right now, who is actually coincidentally the next guy in the running back rankings. Uh, in terms of ADP sitting on the board right now, but Lovin Gordon also currently is dealing with a little bit of a groin injury, and you know possibly maybe that lingers into the beginning of the season. I think that Javante Williams at some point is going to take over this backfield and be the true starter. And you know with Gordon being hurt, he might that might even happen a little bit earlier into the year. And so I am buying in on Javante Williams and waiting for you know that point of the season when he takes over the backfield. He's a guy who's not going to be a you know big time running back for me on my fantasy roster because I have Elliott I have Gibson I can afford to take a little bit of a lottery pick and you know get Javante Williams hope that he's able to break out and take over the Broncos backfield if he does I think he's going to be phenomenal and I think he has true running back one potential in terms of fantasy and to get that kind of upside in the sixth round is something that I'm always happy to do so I'm going to take Javante Williams here he'll be the third running back on my roster he'll Probably sit on my bench. I'm probably going to have Robert Woods in my flex spot now. I know I said earlier that I kind of like to have three running backs and put a running back in the flex, but I'd probably put Robert Woods as my flex, leave Javante Williams on the bench, and that'll hand it over now to Louie after Dak Prescott, Odell Beckham Jr., and T. Higgins go off the board following my pick.
1: Okay, so I do have a decision to make here. Um. I'm drafting from the two spot. As you guys know, I already have my tight end and I already have my quarterback. So Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers are on the board. Not even going to look at them. Now, I, the, the question is, do I go running back three or wide receiver two? And to be honest, the the wide receiver talent here is good, but they're not guys that I would pick. I'm sorry, Jory. I know you probably want me to take uh, Sutton, Cortland Sutton, <laughs> who I, I'm thinking about, right? But I think I might have to, do a huge reach just to make sure I get him. And this is this is something I usually don't typically do. I don't like reaching for players I think that they can that they'll usually fall. And this might be too big of a reach. I'm looking at it now. I think I might have to take Cortland Sutton because I I I am a prop- I don't know what you think, Jory, but I am a prop- proponent of let Drew Cook. I think Drew Lock is going to be just fine if they just let him rock. Um he ne- he needs needs time to develop the NFL. Um I guess I'll, I'll save that pick. I might take him after team one goes, if he's still there. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Chase Claypool are still on the board, but with that Pittsburgh offense, I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be him? Or is it going to be Deontay Johnson? I have no clue. So I, I tend to steer clear from offenses like that. I mean, they're all good and they all will put up numbers, but I just don't know week in and week out who it's going to be. I'd rather have a more solid guy. So Jory's going to like this one. I'm going to go ahead and take Cortland Sutton here. I have my wide receiver two filled now. So now I have a player at every position. Now I'm going to look for the flex. So I guess it should be best player available. Um, And we'll see who that is. Team one went Justin Herbert and Ronald Jones, which actually is not a bad pick in the seventh round going Ronald Jones there. Um, So now I'm back on the clock and I'm going to have to see who I want to take. Again, Smith-Schuster still here. D.J. Chark is still here. He should have an increase in both workload as well as fantasy point total because he has a much better quarterback now, um, ass- assuming that uh, Trevor Lawrence is a step up from Gardner Minshew, which I think we all can assume. Uh, so I'm just looking here. Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette. Now is when I genuinely have to start thinking about who I want to take. Robbie Anderson is a reach, but he's there. Uh, I could take Robbie Anderson. I don't think I'm going to, though. Oh, so it's either take Jarvis Landry or hope he gets around by the time I have to pick again. Uh, I'm just going to take a look at the other teams. So there's the only team with three is you, Joe. And uh, Team 8 also has three wide receivers. And I guess Team 12 does as well. But other than that, all the other teams have two wide receivers. This is tough. This is tough here. These are the kind of tough decisions you have to make in fantasy. And since this is not real and since this is a mock, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and reach all the way down to ADP. What is it? Let me see here. It's uh, ADP 93 for Jarvis Landry. I'm in the seventh round. He's projected to go in the eighth round, but I'm going to do it because I think Odell is sporadic. I think Odell has injury trouble. There's a chance Odell does not stay on the field. But Jarvis Landry is solid. He called for over 800 yards last year. I think that number can be up to 1,000 if the Browns are the team that analysts and, and football people think they will be, which is one of the best teams in the AFC that's going to rival the Bills. I think Jarvis Landry will catch more touchdowns this year than he did last year. He only caught three last year, but I, I think he'll up that number this year. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to reach all the way down and get Jarvis Landry. You guys might not like that. I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? I mean, I I think
2: it's a, a solid pick. You're betting on a guy that you like, so it, it makes sense. Um, you know, I think the, the Browns are going to be a very good offense again. There's going to be a good team, and that's exactly what you you look for in fantasy. You want teams that are, are just successful in real life, and they end up having a lot of fantasy producers. Um but hey, I, I love, uh, by the way, I love all the Broncos praise, guys. I mean, Javante and, and Sutton in the sixth round, uh, that's that's great stuff. i love to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like what Jory said, you know, I think it's always good when you sort of bet on one of your own guys. And, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind if you, you know, mock drafting, if you're drafting for real, you know, don't be afraid to reach a little bit on a guy that you really, truly believe in. You know, Louis, Louis he believes in Jarvis Landry and he thinks he's going to have a great year. So, he goes and takes him in the seventh round ahead of where, you know, some of the other people, you know, the experts and the consensus think he's going to be, there's nothing wrong with that. If if you truly feel feel that, you know, someone's going to have a big year, go out and grab him. So, I mean, absolutely. And I, I, again, I do, I mean, I I am saying, I think a little closer in in terms of Jarvis Landry to where he would have gone in terms of ADP. I'm not as high on him as you, but again, I think he's still a real solid pick to, you know, put on your roster. I mean, Again, with what you already have, you already have Cortland Sutton. You already have DJ Moore, like you said, him as your third wide receiver, you really can't go wrong there. So I, I do like that pick. And I do also like the pick of Cortland Sutton. I will say though, as this leads me into uh, the conversation that I'm gonna have for this upcoming pick here, and we're gonna talk about the Broncos again. I mean, it's, this is Jory's, you know, this is Jory's dream because I don't think Cortland Sutton's the best wide receiver on the Denver Broncos. I think it's Jerry Judy and he's sitting on the board right now. And I will say, I'm not going to take him, but I need to talk about him because he would be my pick had there not be another person that I'm going to take, which I'll talk about in just a quick second. I think that Jerry Judy, I mean, I am no professional or anything like this, but in, in my, my quote unquote years of scouting, you know, blah, blah, blah. As just a fan, you know, watching college football and stuff like that, uh, Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver prospect I've ever seen, in my opinion. I really truly think that. I think he's going to turn out to be a legitimate bona fide superstar receiver. Like, I mean, I'm talking DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, top five level wide receiver. That's how high I am on Jerry Judy. And, you know, he's going into his sophomore year. And, I mean, that's usually the year for wide receivers when it starts and when they really kick off and have a big boom. And again, yeah, maybe a little questions of the quarterback play in, in Denver, but I think Jerry, Jerry Judy is just uh, exceptionally talented. That being said, though, with a combination of the fact that I do already have Javante Williams, which I also talked about earlier, I'm not big on getting two guys from the same team. I, As much as I want to draft Jerry Judy and as high as I am on him, there's another guy who I am just a little bit higher on, at least in this point in the draft, that I'm going to take here, and that's Raheem Mostert of the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, there's a lot of question marks with him in regards to injury. And, you know, can he stay healthy? He 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 is almost due for an injury every year, kind of seems like, you know, it. it's really a shame to see because I think if Raheem Mostert was able to string together a true 16-game, you know, season where he stays healthy and, you know, commands that 49ers backfield, he'd be in the conversation of one of the, you know, better running backs in the league and you'd see him going in like the third or fourth round in fantasy drafts. But... Again, you know, this is a guy who's going to be the fourth running back on my roster. I already have Williams. I already have Gibson and Elliott. Mostert, I think, is a guy who there is a concern that he he might lose the job to another guy, Trey Sermon, who I don't know, some of, the, some of you guys might want to talk about him a little bit if he's on your radar. And it's kind of the inverse of the Javante Williams conversation I just had. But I think at least to start the year, Raheem Mostert should have, you know, a real solid start. And I mean, I think... I'm just a huge fan of the 49ers offense. You know, Kyle Shanahan, every running back that, you know, touches that system turns into just absolute gold. And even if he only has the true lead back role for the first four or five weeks of the season, Raheem Mostert is going to be a a running back one level running back if he gets the share of the touches. And so I'm going to bank on that in the seventh round that, you know, he might be a guy who I do plug in, in this hypothetical world, this isn't going to turn out into and be an actual league but a guy who I may be plugging as you know a flex play to just start the year based on matchups, a guy who Raheem Mostert can go off for 30 points in a week. He, he's one of those running backs like that. So getting him on my roster, another big time boom potential guy, a guy that I don't really have to worry about if he doesn't pan out because I have three running backs taken ahead of him. So that's my selection there. After I picked Chase Claypool and Jalen Waddle went. And now that leaves Jury Europe on the clock. And do you go with Jerry Judy, your, your Broncos guy? Do you go somewhere else? I mean, I don't know. This is your time to shine though, Joy. Let us know.
2: Yeah, well, I'm certainly looking at the wide receiver position. I only have two thus far on my team, that being Scary Terry and CeeDee Lamb, but uh, I feel like there's two receivers that I'm, I'm really narrowed it down to at this point, and one of them is Jerry Judy, of course. You know, that's it is a little bit of bias, but I, I do feel like he's also, I mean, he could have a, a really, really good season. He looked pretty solid um, in their first preseason game against the Vikings, as did really the the entire Broncos offense. So um, I'd I, see either him and, or Debo Samuel of the the 49ers. You know, I was talking about Brandon Ayuk a little bit earlier. I just feel like both of those guys have a lot of upside in that offense as, as that team gets healthier and everything like that. But I think I'm gonna take Jerry Judy. Um I, I just I just feel like he he he's he's that guy. And you know, I'm willing to bet on the talent. The Broncos drafted him to be great. And you know, with Corton Sutton kind of still rehabbing his injury, I mean I feel like he'll probably be healthy and ready to go by week one. Uh it's still a little concerning, but I, I feel like Jerry Judy could have a really, really good uh, sophomore season with the the Broncos so I'm gonna go Judy here and you know as you see well as we can see at least Debo Samuel who I was talking about went right after Judy um and after that we had uh, Dallas Goddard, Trey Serbin, DJ Chark, Tom Brady another quarterback and Leonard Fournette right before me so now I, I, I mean I feel like I have all my skill positions are, are pretty much filled at this point um and I could, you know, continue to s- stack running backs and wide receivers. But I'm also, you know, considering drafting a quarterback, I think, at this point in the draft. But I also feel like I can wait because I feel like the guy that I'm targeting is probably going to be able to get back to me. Um, considering, I think, at this point of the draft, there's six or seven, actually eight teams, nine. Wow. I think nine teams have quarterbacks already. So I would imagine that the, the quarterbacks are probably going to be available to me um, as we continue continue on here. But um, I think uh, I think wide receiver is probably the route I'll, I'll probably take again. Um, that being said, you know there's Robbie Anderson, there's Brandon Cooks, Lavisha Chenault. Uh I feel like of all the guys that I'm seeing right here. Mm, Wow, this is tough. You know what? I think I'm I'm gonna do an odd ball. I think I'm gonna go Antonio Brown. That's a it's a weird pick, but you know, I feel like Antonio Brown, I mean, he's a generational wide receiver for the last decade. One of the best receivers we've ever seen. And you know, obviously he's probably gonna be the third target in that offense. You know, God forbid anything happened to, to Mike Evans or or Chris Godwin, he, he gets a bump up. And he's, you know, a top target with one of the best quarterbacks ever in a great offense. So I feel like, you know, while this is probably a reach and I could probably get a better receiver at this point in the draft, why not take the shot on Antonio Brown and, and maybe have one last great season with the Buccaneers?
1: No, I definitely like that pick. That's somebody who's not on a lot of people's radar. And as you said, he is on a fantastic offense. Even if those two guys are healthy, I still think that he could get targets. He could get touchdowns. Uh, that whole offense is going to be buzzing. And when an offense is buzzing, uh, the, the receivers are as well. Even if it, they're the wide receiver three, um, that's going to be fine. And imagine having him as your flex or as your wide receiver two. That's a fantastic pick, Drury. I like it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the. The upside that that pick holds is, I mean, probably one of the higher ones in the entire draft, because like you said, I mean, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown generational talent on a team with Tom Brady on one of the best offenses in the league. He has the potential more than probably anybody in this draft range to put together, you know, a true top tier wide receiver season in terms of fantasy. But I will say, I am a little glad that you 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 took Antonio Brown and, and diverged from sort of the ADP consensus there, Jory. Because that means the guy that I was targeting has fallen to me, and that is Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think he's just gonna have a real solid year. You know, I think he's a little bit more of in the Robert Woods safe, you know, high floor type mold. Uh, but I think he's just gonna have a phenomenal season. Last year he was the wide receiver, twenty one. You know, that's a wide receiver too, a guy who you could put into your roster last year. I mean, I had him on one of my fantasy teams last year and, you know, started for me for a good majority of the season. Uh, he's a guy who can do that. And I think this year he might get a, a little bit better. I mean, Curtis Samuel has left the Panthers offense. So I think that helps both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, who Louie, you already took earlier and talked about him. So I think you see a little bit of an uptake in both of them because they're going to be there's going to be some more targets up for grabs. Add into the fact that Robbie Anderson, as you again mentioned earlier, Louie, he's playing with Sam Darnold, someone who he used to play in uh, within a uh, in New York. I I think it's just primed to have a big time season Robbie Anderson here, and so I'm just going to take him there. I think it's just a great value at this point in the eighth round. Nothing more I have to say on that.
1: That is a great pick because I was hoping he would fall to me, but unfortunately he didn't. You picked him. Now I'm kind of like you in the sense that I don't really like having two wide receivers on the same team, but I think this offense is poised to have a really good year. So I wouldn't mind having DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson on my team, but now I have a decision to make. Um, The wide receiver left here for me is Brandon cooks. He's the highest ADP and there isn't another wide receiver until you go all the way down to one Oh three at Tyler Boyd. So I I like the the Brandon Cooks pick here. But the question is, if I pick Brandon Cooks, oh, yeah, he will definitely be there. Oh, no, he might not be. Um, I'm almost certain the running back that I want to pick after Brandon Cooks will be here. I only have two running backs right now, so I'm going to need a third one in order to get some depth. I'm going to assume Team 1 does not take him. If he does, I'll be a bit sad and I'll be mad at the computer. But right here, I don't really think I have too much of a, uh, an option. I got to go Brandon Cooks. I like him. Uh, I don't even know what the quarterback situation is. Is uh, Deshaun Watson going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, if he plays, is he going to be as good as he was last year though, for 5,000 yards? I don't know. But I, I do know that Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver one on that team. So I'm going to draft Brandon Cooks here. And something we have not really talked about that much is buys. And I think about now in the draft is when you start to pay attention to buys because in the first you know six seven rounds you want the best players available you don't care about buys if there's one week where you have a lot of guys on buy then you're going to be able to figure it out somehow you still have those really good players but now whether it becomes a little bit more versatility there's more players to pick from as the talent pool gets less and less I think now is when you really start focusing on buys and for me I think I'm I'm pretty good my buys look pretty spread out I don't have too many players with the same buy week. So, um, luckily, I don't really have to worry about that too much, but for you guys, if this was a real draft, uh, and for listeners at home, now around round nine, round ten, definitely start worrying about bye weeks to make sure you don't load up on guys that have a bunch of the same bye weeks. So, the two players that were taken after Brandon Cooks were Marquise Brown and Rob Gronkowski. That's an interesting pick. Um, He's probably going to be really good because he is, again, part of that Buccaneers high-powered offense But now I am on the clock, and the guy that I want is here. The running back pool is very, very dwindled at this point. James Conner, who's in a committee in Arizona. Damon Harris, who just simply plays for New England. Uh, Zach Moss, who gets goal line touches away from Devin Singletary. But I don't know if he's going to break out as the guy. He might be limited to goal line, so he might score you some touchdowns. But I'm not really sure if he's going to be the one that is left, and then Devin Singletary. But the guy I am looking at is A.J. Dillon. He is a bona fide number two running back. So I don't know how much production I'm going to get from him on a week-to-week basis. He might be reliant on touchdowns in order to score you some points. But that's a a gamble I'm willing to take, I think, in these later rounds. He is the best talent available. He's better than any of the other guys I see around here. Plus, if he scores a touchdown or two, like if he scores a touchdown every other week, I'll be happy with that. I don't have to play him that much. I already have Dalvin Cook and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Plus, worse because worse. If this was a real team, I'd probably trade for a running back because of all the wide receivers I have, or whatever the case might be. I might work out a deal uh, somewhere. So I think I'm going to go A.J. Dillon right here, uh, and I'm going to take him just to make sure I have three running backs. I'll send it over to you.
0: Yeah, I I, I like both of those picks that you made there, Louie, Brandon, Cooks. I mean, wide receiver one on a team, he, he, in, Getting that in the eighth round, I mean, just huge, huge value. A.J. Dillon, too. I love A.J. Dillon. Uh, I think he should be the lead back in Green Bay. I don't think they should have paid Aaron Jones, but that's another conversation. Uh, but, I know, again, love those those picks. And right here now for me, this is a real easy decision uh, for me. And I'm just going to take Damian Harris, running back for the New England Patriots. I talked about the Patriots' backfield situation a little earlier in the episode with Hermandre Stevenson, but... I think Damian Harris is the most talented man in the backfield. And yes, with Belichick there is probably, there's not great odds that it's going to turn into a true bell cow role. But I think if anybody could do that, it would be Damian Harris. I buy the talent. I buy the chatter around him in camp and such. And, you know, Belichick's talked him up. I think there's a good chance that he takes over the backfield. And if he does getting a bell cow back in round nine is a huge value. So I'm just going to bank on Damian Harris doing that. And then I'm going to take him with that ninth round pick. And after that, Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford go. Quarterbacks are starting to go because before my pick, it was Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Moss. So now, Drury, where do you stand?
2: Yeah, well, you mentioned quarterbacks are going off the board. Um, strangely enough, whatever team seven, yeah, they took two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. You don't see that too often. And then team five also took Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow. But speaking of quarterbacks, I think I'm going to take mine here. Finally. Uh, I'm getting a little nervous that I'm not going to be able to f- uh, find one. If I don't take him here, that's Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I feel like he's probably like the last solid, you know, top 12 potential quarterback left. Um, you know, other guys are going to have good weeks here and there, but I feel like Ryan Tannehill with obviously AJ Brown and then the acquisition of Julio Jones, it, that's, he is elite upside at that quarterback position. So I'm going to lock him in as my starting quarterback. And then, you know, after that, you you see some tight ends, some receivers and the first defense goes off the board, surprisingly in the 10th round. But, um, you know, I'm going to take a guy that I talked about earlier in this episode and that's Corey Davis. You know, we're in the 10th round now. and I I kind of mentioned that's where his average draft position is. So I'm, I'm not afraid to take Corey Davis here. Uh, Like I said, a lot of upside with Zach Wilson as the potential number one receiver in New York. So I think I'm going to take Corey Davis here in the 10th round.
0: I love that Corey Davis pick because that's who I was hoping would fall to me with this 10th round selection. So I can't go with him there, Uh, but now my hand has been kind of forced. And I talked about earlier that I like to wait on tight ends. Well, tight ends are really starting to go. I mean, Robert Tanyan has gone. Logan Thomas, Irv Smith just went, uh, along with Will Fuller after Jory's pick. So I feel like I kind of have to take a tight end at this point. And again, there's really not anybody exceptional available right now, and especially this late in the draft. But I'm kind of fine with that because I don't see much of a, a tear break from the guys that are going now up to you know some of the earlier round guys like you know Noah Fan, Dallas Goddard. So. With this pick, I'm going to break my rule where I said I don't like to take two guys from the same team, but I'm going to take someone from an offense that I think can consist- can really sustain uh, multiple high-level fantasy assets. I already have Robert Woods from the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams tight end, Tyler Higby. We've seen in the past, you know, he, he's had some stretches where he's been, you know, really dominant. I think him having the improved QB play of Matt Stafford, I think you could see a big year from him. and. You know, at this point in the 10th round, just chasing upside and hoping I, I strike gold with him. And if not, I can just drop him and, you know, pick up a waiver tight end, depending on who gets hot to start the year. So after my pick, Mike Williams has gone Rashad Bateman, the Los Angeles Rams defense. And now, Louie, you're up with the 10th, uh, with the 11th overall pick in the 10th round. Apologies.
1: Yes. And I have four wide receivers, only have three running backs. So I think I'm going to have to go running back again here. And for me, I think the best two is either Devin Singletary or Phillip Lindsay. Um, Devin Singletary, they're both running back twos. Devin Singletary, I think, will get more work than Phillip Lindsay will. Uh, David Johnson, I think, is the bona fide running back one uh, in on the Texans. I don't know why that took me so long to think of. But uh, – so I think we're going to go Singletary, uh, even though I don't like rooting for Bills because I'm a Jets fan. Um, I'm going to go Devin Singletary here, and I'm going to see what Team 1 does. Team 1 takes the Washington Super Bowl team's defense as well as Curtis Samuel. So I couldn't go running back again here, or I could just go best player available. I don't think I'm going to take a defense yet. It seems a bit early for a defense Um, I could take Deshaun Watson right here just to have a a, a safety or a backup, but I think with the uncertainty that's present with taking Deshaun Watson, I'm going to steer clear of him. Um, And I'm just going to look for best running back or wide receiver available. And it's between Michael Gallup and Darnell Mooney. And for me, I think Michael Gallup Gallup is more talented, but I think – Darnell Mooney has more upside with how good that offense could be. I think I'm going to go Darnell Mooney here just because I had him last year. He wasn't horrible. He, he played well, and I like him at this spot.
0: I really like the Darnell Mooney pick, and I think especially, you know, Anthony Miller's gone now in Chicago, so he should have the number, number two receiver role locked down uh, behind Allen Robinson. So I really like that pick. With me now on the clock, uh, it, you know we're getting into the very late rounds of the draft. You know, there's only you know, only four more left. I mean, looking at my roster, all I have left are bench spot and my quarterback, and then just you know kicker and defense. Which I mean, I think you know at least for me, I just completely punt those until the last two rounds of the draft. And I could go quarterback here, but I think the guys that I'm targeting at this point, I mean, I've pretty much punted quarterback thus far. They're gonna be there at you know. The 12th round 13th round so i'm not going to address that i'm going to go get the final guy to be a piece on my bench i'm going to get another wide receiver It's the guy who's the best available right now it's a guy who i think should be drafted i mean like he's one of the guys that you know i have in my mind that every draft i have to leave with him i think he's the best later on sleeper this year he's a rookie He's from Louis New York Jets. It's Elijah Moore. I just think he's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal receiver. He's got all the talents in the world. He's got the potential to take to take the number one wide receiver spot in that Jets offense. You know, with Zach Wilson there now. So, him as my last bench spot. I mean, I'm overly thrilled with that. And after I pick him, the Steelers defense goes. Hunter Henry goes, and now Jourry's on the clock with his 11th round pick. Yeah,
2: I'm thinking of going running back here and there's two running backs that uh, you know, have a lot of well potential uh here and uh, later in this in this draft and that's Gus Edwards and Tony Pollard. Um I feel like I'm leaning towards Pollard because you know, I have three running backs set in stone and I'm not necessarily concerned about depth at that position right now and I think Pollard probably has more upside because if anything were to happen to Ezekiel Elliott, he would become the the basically the workhorse back in Dallas behind, uh, in that great offense. So I think I'm going to go Tony Pollard, and um, maybe Gus Edwards falls to me again uh, on this turn. But if not, um, I'll probably – well, yeah, he didn't. So I, I could go Gus Edwards and, you know, just basically round out my running back room. But I feel like I, I want to now go wide receiver, and there's one wide right receiver – still on the board that I'm intrigued by. And that's Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, You know, there's obviously Calvin Ridley there, who's going to be the number one option uh, receiving wise. And then Kyle Pitts, he's probably going to be, you know, one of the top receivers on that team as well. But Russell Gage has, you know, legitimate wide receiver two potential on that offense. And, you know, if, if Matt Ryan has another great season in Atlanta, then it's entirely possible Russell Gage is a later round steal. So I think I'm going to go Russell Gage and just bet on the upside. Like I have basically this entire draft.
0: Yeah. I like that Russell Gage pick, especially to round out the rest of your roster. Uh, and now I'm sitting here with the 12th pick and I mean, kicker defense and quarterback are the three positions I have to address. Uh, I'm not going to take a kicker in the 12th round. I don't think And I'm not going to take a defense either. So I'm going to take a quarterback. Uh, after Jury's pick, Trey Lance and Gus Edwards were, were the two players that went. And I mean, at this point, the, the quarterbacks is really kind of slim pickings for me. You know, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tagovailoa, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, it, it's in the category of guys who, um, if this was you know how my draft panned out, I'm probably gonna start the year at least you know streaming quarterbacks and hoping to find one off the waiver wire. So with that said, I'm gonna take a guy who you know i'm not going to bank on him to be a season long starter for me a guy who i can pr- pretty much dump pretty easily uh once you know i find someone else better on the waiver wire maybe this guy sort of falters a little bit it's another guy from a player i already have who's on a team in addition to a player i already have i do think that quarterback is the one exception to that rule that i kind of set for myself because i think sometimes it's nice to sort of have a little bit of a stack of you know if you have a quarterback And you have one of their wide receivers, you get kind of double the points for whenever, you know, if that wide receiver scores a touchdown, I mean, 99% of the time, it's going to be their quarterback throwing it to them. Uh, It's not someone who is a wide receiver on my team, but a guy who's going to get a lot of receiving options. It's a guy from my Washington football team. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think, you know, just to start the year, the upside he has, he he could go off for a couple, you know, big time games. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully it doesn't. If not, I'd be able to just, you know, cut Fitzpatrick and pick up, you know, maybe someone like Justin Fields, maybe someone like Zach Wilson to attack it by Little if like one of them really start to have a breakout season. So that's my quarterback. And, you know, hand this you, Louie, for, you know, probably the last real meaningful pick on your roster before we get into kicker defense territory.
1: Yeah, I love that pick with Fitzy. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to be good from a fantasy standpoint, but from a football standpoint, I think he can lead that team to a playoff berth, which I'm sure you're happy to hear. Now, for me, there is not much talent left. I got to scroll all the way down to find out any player that I want to take. And I think for me, it's going to be a running back. If you remember from the first round, my first round pick uh, number two overall was Dalvin Cook. So I think I'm going to go with a handcuff here and take uh, Madison, Alexander Madison, just in case anything happens, Dalvin Cook just to have my roster. I think it'll be helpful. I think it'll be useful. So I'm going to take him to fill out my bench and we'll see what team one takes. Team one went Justin Fields and then tight end Jonu Smith. Um, so I am back on the clock again. And now I think I'm just going to look for either best kicker or defense available. And as of right now, Ravens, Bills, Browns, Colts, they're all up there. Um, and then kickers, it's uh, Youngho, Koo, Ryan Suckup, Harrison, Butker, um, for kickers, I like picking a kicker that's on a very good team. Um, some people like picking kickers who's on a mediocre team because of they might not get to the end zone and they'll stop and kick a field goal. But I think like the Chiefs are just going to score a lot, as are the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm going to go with Harrison Bucker from the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I definitely like the Harrison Bucker pick. You know, I mean, he he's been kind of one of consistently the better fantasy kickers uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, for me, now I'm on the clock and, you know, I, I, I nobody really worth in the defense taking uh, anything there for me. I'd probably just wind up streaming defense. That's really my strategy every time I go into the draft is just wait for my very last round to pick a defense and then just stream week to week, you know, add and drop defenses based on their matchups. So I'm going to take a kicker here and I'm not going to... um. I'm going to take a guy who's not at the top of the draft board at all or anything. He's probably not really on many people's radars. I can't even find him right now on the uh, sleeper app and now I have to search his name up. Uh, but I, w- I want to select him just uh, because I want to talk about him and I still can't even find him. So maybe I have to just go a different route and, you know, just pick someone and then talk about this guy later. So I, I took Ryan Suka for the purposes of the mock draft, but a guy who I'm kind of maybe targeting as a kicker just, you know, to get first dibs on if he turns out to do something is Evan McPherson, who's a rookie kicker for the Bengals. He was taken in the fifth round of the draft, which for a kicker is pretty high draft capital. He's had a lot of good buzz in camp. I mean, I think in the preseason, there was a highlight where he completely cleared the, the netting behind the field goal on, on a pretty deep field goal. So he's got some phenomenal leg strength. Maybe he turns out to be one of the next, you know, Justin Tucker long-term really good kickers in the NFL. Maybe he doesn't. Kicker, I mean, in my mind, is not important at all in fantasy. You can just add and drop week to week. So I'll take Ryan Sucker for the purposes of the mock because I couldn't find Evan McPherson in in the sleeper app. But Evan McPherson is a guy who I'm looking at at the kicker position, and now it's Drewry's pick.
2: Yeah, with these last two picks, just go kicker defense or defense kicker, whatever, you know, you're feeling. Um, I'll probably just pick the Colts defense. Uh, you know, I know they're they've been they were solid last season. I think they're probably going to be pretty solid again. So that'll be my pick here in the thirteenth round. We'll see. Uh, who gets drafted? Kickers, kickers. You know, Since at this point of the draft, you know, it's you know it is what it is. I think Rondell Moore was selected in the last round of receiver for the the, the Cardinals. But um, yeah, I, I mean, just for the purposes of this mock draft. I'll just take Matt Prater for the Cardinals and call it a night. (laughs) And now you're back on the clock, Joe. Yeah.
0: And I mean here uh is one on, you know, I'll take a defense and I mean, I don't know. I'll just take the Broncos defense because they're the best available. My strategy for defense is just don't care about it at all. I'm just week to week at a different one, you know, based on you know, maybe who's playing one of the worst offenses that week, you know, who's playing someone who's very turnover prone. I mean this year, I'm looking at like the New York Giants, a team like them, maybe because Daniel Jones is prone to turn the ball over. If you know it's a team playing the Giants, maybe target them. I mean, some I'm I'm trying to think of other teams who are going to be pretty bad this year. Uh, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, but that's usually my strategy: is just target whoever's playing the worst team in the league that week, and you know just add them off waivers. So that's my defense strategy. And now Louis will 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 cap this whole draft off as he'll make the final pick of us three. With uh, probably his defense here. So where are you going here, Louie
1: Well, it's been fun, boys. And if this was a, it's funny because if this was a real draft with my friends, I'd probably just find the lowest ranked player and choose him because that's usually what I do with the worst pick or by the last pick. I mean, in the draft, find the worst guy and take him. Uh, but I have to be somewhat professional here. So I'm uh, like you guys. I mean, find a defense that's playing the Texans because you're gonna get a lot of points that week. Um, so. I, I t- Dolphins, Titans, Chiefs, uh, I'll go Chiefs because they're probably a Super Bowl roster defense. Uh, they were there last year. Uh, they're looking to get back there again and defense wins championships. So I'm going to assume the Chiefs are going to have a relatively good defense. And that is it. The, the 2021 Icing the Ticker Fantasy Mock Draft is now complete.
0: It has been a marathon, to say the least, uh, a little bit on this episode. So thank you for bearing with us uh, throughout this. If, you, if, you, if you've listened through this all, Uh, And real quick, before we finally wrap the episode up, I mean, just Jory, Louie, I mean, we can run through our rosters again a bit, you know, and just get a little bit of final thoughts, you know, some final nice picks we make, maybe some picks that, you know, you guys disagree with uh, that, you know, others made. Uh, So, I mean, Jory, you can go first, run through your roster, give your final thoughts, and you know, we'll wrap this thing up.
2: Yeah, so my roster is Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Davis, Jerry Judy, Antonio Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Corey Davis, Tony Pollard, Russell Gage, Colts defense, and Matt Prater. Um, you know, it's I, I I like my team and it's I like going running back, running back early and then not really having to worry about that position late later in the draft. Um, I really, really like the two receivers that I picked in, in McLaurin and CeeDee Lamb. Um, the Hawkinson, you know, as a tight end, I feel like he has a lot of upside. He's probably going to be the top pass catcher in Detroit, even if it is, you know, a poor offense. I think he's going to have a lot of value there. Mike Davis, uh, like we mentioned, just a good starting running back on a, a solid offense. You got Jerry Judy and Antonio Brown, two guys that have, you know, some upside, I think. And their offenses might not be the top receiving options there, but in, on either roster. But I feel like, you know, later this at that point in the draft, you just swing for the fences. Why not? And then I guess Ryan Tannehill is my quarterback. Again, I kind of mentioned it when I drafted him. I just like the, the pass pass catching options that he has on that team. Um, and he's a solid late round quarterback that I'm always targeting. But yeah, for the most part, I, I, I this was a lot of fun. It was a good idea, Joe. By you, so it was. A, it was a good time. I'm. I'm happy uh, you had me on.
1: Yeah, I was really, really looking forward to doing this because when I first saw the rundown, I was like, "Wow, that's a great idea." I'm, I'm happy I get to be part of it. Um, it was. It. It was very, very fun. Uh, so my roster is looking like this: Dalvin Cook, Clyde edwards hilaire Darren Waller, DJ Moore, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks, AJ Dillon, Devin Singletary. Darnell Mooney, Alexander Madison, Harrison Bucker, and the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, I like the fact that I went running back, running back. Um, I'm happy I wasn't swayed to do anything else because although my running back depth is not very deep, uh, A.J. Dillon, Devin Singletary, and Alexander Madison are the three I have on my bench. I'm confident in the first two they're going to be able to put up points. Um, When they have bye weeks, that'll be a bit tough to see who I can slot in there. But like I said, with A.J. Dillon, I think he'll... um, He'll score some touchdowns, and he'll score some points via uh, getting into the end zone. Uh, and then wide receiver-wise, DJ Moore, Cortland and Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks. That's pretty solid. I think I'll be able to shuffle those guys in and out week in and week out to see who I think will be the best two or three, if I depending on who I play at flex. Um, I like this team. I like how it's shaped up. Uh, drafting from the two-spot has its challenges you have to wait a very long time until you pick again after picking number two overall. And then you also have to look at the team before you to see who are they going to take and then base who you're going to take off of that. But I think it overall, it went over pretty well.
0: Yeah, and right before we wrap this up, I'll also run through my roster. Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, Alan Robinson, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Javante Williams, Raheem Mostert, Robbie Anderson, Damian Harris, Tyler Higbee, Elijah Moore, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Sucup. Denver Broncos defense I didn't even realize I looked at the Broncos defense that's Troy's team uh but you know I I I, again also really like my draft you know I think I did a good job of balancing uh a lot of upside with some safety which is a thing I like to do I like to sort of swing for the fences because that in my mind is what'll win you a championship you know I took some guys like Tyler Lockett like Javante Williams you know Antonio Gibson, Zeke, guys who have a little bit of risks, but if they hit, they're going to be real high-tier fantasy produ- producers. And I countered that with some guys who are a little safer, like Allen Robinson, like Robert Woods, Damian Harris, you could say. I mean, my, my, my tight end and quarterback are a little weak with Tyler Higbee and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that was, you know, sort of my strategy was just to kind of punt on those two and, you know, really load up on wide receiver and running back and hopefully get a lot of guys so that if I get a couple that pan out, they'll be able to carry my roster and I'll be able to find a good tight end quarterback on the waiver wire. So that's my strategy that I approach this draft with. Like you guys both said, I mean, it's been an outstanding time on this episode. It's been a marathon. And so we thank you again for, for you know, listening to this and you know as always listening to the episodes of Icing the Ticker here and be sure to stay tuned to all the other podcasts we have here on WSOU Sports. My name's Joe Matthews for Jory Mickens and Louis Pasquale. Thank you again for listening. Have a good night and good luck in your drafts and your leagues this year.